Welcome once again to the Tech Post here on Limerick City Community Radio 99.9 FM and brought to you in association with the Limerick Post. I'm Shawnee Ryan and this is the show where we talk about everything that's happening in the world of technology. And uh, stay tuned because later on myself and Dave will be talking about the recent announcements at the Apple event, the Peak Performance event. But before we get on to that, I had the delight and privilege of meeting with the Laurel Hill Racing Team, uh, part of the F1 in Schools program that's on at the moment, and uh, got to talk to them during the week and had a great chat with them about uh, building their model Formula One car that they're going to race in competition. And um, it's great, the first uh, all female team to be doing this. So I have Alana, Genevieve, Sophie and Marguerite here with me and uh, in the studio. Uh, thanks for coming in, girls. Great to see you. Yeah, thanks so, for having us. Okay, so tell me, uh, Formula One in schools, how did you get into this? Where did this come out of? Well, actually, it kind of started in 2019 for me, myself. Uh, I have two brothers and one of them was really into it and started watching a show on Netflix called Drive to Survive and just kind of took off from there really and then I found yeah. out Sophie really liked it too and somehow these two got pulled into it. <laughs> somehow. Yeah. They got forced somehow. into it. Yeah, I've, I've, I've watched that show actually. It is. It does, does kind of get you into the Formula One scene. It does really yeah, like you do does. kind of... Um, you do get delve into the world of Formula One once you're once you're into it. Um, so, um, when did the, the the Formula One in schools? Is this like this is an official um, program for getting people? Uh, yeah, into so Formula it's an One. international yeah. program, like all, yeah. all around the world. And I guess like it's the first time we're doing it in our school, so it's okay. new to us and the teachers and stuff. So let's um, let's go into like the I suppose this is a tech show so let's go into some of the <laughs> technology around it so what's involved in in like to, to do the program like what do what do you need oh, to do what well, what's we your were, what's your uh, function in it or what what's the whole project about yeah well so we were given um a software called fusion 360 which right. we have all tried to use but it's actually a lot harder than it looks okay. but our engineer alana she has taken I most of that advantage <laughs> <laughs> Right. Um, so yeah. So basically, the competition itself to tells you, okay, you can go onto this website called Autodesk, and because you're part of the competition, they give you a year to use it uh, as part of the competition. So you get the login, and they tell you to use uh, Fusion 360, which is one of several different apps you can use to kind of make a 3D object. Okay. But it's the best for the competition. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of Autodesk is kind of probably used a lot in CAD and for yeah, for different for, yeah. for architects and, and yeah, like yeah. That. yeah. So exactly. so you get you start off with with it in Autodesk and you have to design the car, is it? Yeah. So it's easier to do it in segments. So you take the chassis of the car, which is the general body, mm -hmm. and then you have to start looking at rear wings, front wings, and there's a uh, this funny little thing that we have to 3D design called the nose cone because yeah. in the actual race the car gets launched and it can hit a little wall at the end, so okay. it's easier to you 3D print the nose, but all of it gets designed in CAD and you can change it into all the different file formats. So for 3D printing we would use STL files, but then for actually making the body because we have to use a specific 
foam block for yeah. the actual production. We're going to send it off and it's going to uh, go in a CAD file itself because they also use the software and it's going to be produced then as that kind of file. <laughs> and then we have to change everything over to get it 3D printed for all the kind of separate bits that go along with the car. Okay. And what's involved in, in designing it? Like uh, are you, like when you're, when you're designing all the different elements, uh, like each car, you're, it, it's down to the, th- the team to design how you want the car to look and function. So in terms of aerodynamics and everything, have you to take all that into account? And Yeah. Um, so kind of in the beginning, we're just kind of taking it as if we follow the rules to a T, then we have a car. Yeah. And then after that, you're kind of, okay, let's put it through... Can we do a stress test if this axle will break? You know, will our wheels fully rotate? So there are a lot of tests, yeah. especially with aerodynamics, because that's a huge part of Formula One. Yeah. Um, so for the design itself, I have to work in tandem with Genevieve. And we, uh, she will tell me, okay, well, I want to kind of have this color and this. And I go, okay, I'll design the car. And then I'll, you know, add any of Jetta's ideas onto it to try and get some more stuff flowing, especially with sponsorships, because I have to make sure there's enough room on the car <laughs> to put all our little decals and everything. So. so it's not just the technical details. There's obviously the brand issue there's yeah. The, yeah, the, it, the logo yeah. areas it looks as well yeah there's yeah. art going with it as well it's not yeah. just designs so. yeah and are you allowed to kind of like you know when you're saying you're kind of taking it at, at the stock level first and then you're adding bits and pieces do you think you might be able to push like like an actual formula one push the boundaries to yeah push what, a little bit. we're at this stage where it's like okay get in the rules first and then <laughs> let's see what we can do <laughs> wow it, it, that sounds just absolutely amazing so, like after once you've the car designed, then and you've gone through all the bits and pieces, and you have like okay, it goes off then for three D printing. Um, like for the race itself, what what's actually like? How how are the cars raced? Have you to like are they being propelled somehow? So like, we're actually um, they're CO two tanks. So instead okay. of an engine, it's yeah. just a small little canister that fits into the body of your car, okay. and there's a machine at uh, the competition that'll cut off the end and all the CO2 will just splash out of it basically and give it a big boost. So it's like a kind of a jet propelled Yeah, vehicle, designed yeah. like a cleaver, almost like a guillotine type. <laughs> It'll chop off the back of our little CO2 tank and because, yeah. you know, Venturi effect push the air and the car will fly down the track. And uh, exactly. it's also, you know, reaction time in Formula One, mm. the way the lights go out, we have yeah. the same thing. So mm. uh, we're going to have to all practice. <laughs> So, but, uh, but like with with that, like is the the balance of the car must be important. So as well, because like if, if it shoots off too fast, of the car, yeah, if it shoots bad. off too fast, could the nose lift things like that? Like mm-hmm. so, you have to take all these things into account. Um, even even the, look, okay, go through the axle design and stuff like that. Like what what like can you tweak areas of that or what? Have you, size of wheels even what can you do there yeah it's kind of domino effect when one thing changes everything changes mm. so I found when I think something's going to take 25 minutes it turns out to be maybe 6 hours or a whole Sunday <laughs> so yeah like designing the axle at the beginning we thought okay we can 3D print this it'll be great but then mm. when you take into account 3D printing you know what type of drill bit is going to be used you know what's how's everything going to come out so we found that actually our axle would be too kind of breakable so okay. we're ending up ordering stuff in and it's like, do we use aluminum? Do we use what materials? What's going to break? What's going to roll? Yes. Mm. So it's Or if it'll like 
heat or melt or yeah, yeah. with the speed of the car yeah yeah and it's all coming in, like when you think of it as one whole object it's quite uh technical and you know you have to put in a lot more thinking than expected like will my wheels turn around this axle or will i have to get something different to help it what type of bearings it's a lot of it's trial and error yeah, yeah. it's one step forward maybe two steps back <laughs> then maybe three steps but yeah. and <laughs> we'll get there in the end yeah exactly. all the different um all the different parts in as well like you you take weight considerations into account as well on that yeah and is there definitely because if yeah. your car is too light it's gonna like fly off the track yeah, so but then you also don't want it to be too heavy otherwise it'll slow it down so it's a mm. meat in the middle kind of a scenario yeah yeah getting that good sweet spot the balance you know so it yeah. doesn't feel left right or just not move at all. <laughs> well, this is like, that is exactly what happens in car design, I suppose, in the, the, the actual car designers, they're doing the exact same thing all the time. Well, this is really yeah. showing us what the people yeah. in Formula One are yeah. doing yeah. and how it yeah. works. How it goes forward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the, the competition itself then, uh, where, where does this take place and, and when? Um, so our team, we actually made it to the national finals. So we're in about the second round, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the, um, they, I think we will be going to Galway okay. um, for this and racing against other teams in Ireland. All right. Uh, yeah. I think it'll be on the 6th of May, I think. We haven't got exact dates, but we're thinking because we're, you know, west of our, well, north, yeah. uh, southwest. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> geography is not my thing. Um, we think we'll be in Galway, but there's possibly chances that other teams will be competing in Dublin and, mm. you know, any yeah. northern Irish teams might be competing up there. So it's not really fully set, but Sophie is our manager of social media and she knows everything about what's actually happening. So yeah. she'll probably have some news about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you'll have to keep me uh, updated on that in the future anyway and let me know what's happening. So, um, so the, at, at the actual competition itself then, is this kind of like, it's, I was, with the, once the canister is caught and they go off, it's a drag race and is it like, is it one-on-one -on -one cars or is there many cars going at the same time? Yeah, so it's kind of, uh, yeah, exactly as you said, one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, you kind of compete against others and it's whoever wins competes in the next one and it's, you know, bit by bit you make it up the rounds and... Mm. Yeah, hopefully you come out on top, but there is some, a lot of the aspects of the car is, yes, the fastest car will win, but also mm. the car that's in the rules, like, they will be scrutinizing everything. If you come Every in with bit. one yeah. little bit, you can get points docked, and, oh. like, the as soon as those start to come down, the chance of actually making it to a one-on-one -on -one race gets and uh -huh. between yeah. the competition, it's not just the car, it's everything else. It's sponsorship, it's marketing, it's design. Yeah, so you get points for you get points for everything really. Like exactly. it's, it's not just so it's if not your just car is yeah. not perfect or you yeah. miss a bit or something. So it's not just down to the race. Exactly, so. because they it's have to the give the rookies a chance. Like we're yeah. a rookie team mm. and we're sixth year, so we have had nothing. We've no engineering <laughs> in school or anything. Yeah. So yeah. it's really good because Margarita as a manager, she's brilliant at making sure everything's going on time and we're following these deadlines Sophie's social media I mean we wouldn't be here without her yeah. Jetta's art and design getting everything out there yeah. fingers crossed we get a bus poster <laughs> <laughs> you know like we'll get points everywhere there so if I fall down at least the others can pick it up yeah. you know yeah, yeah. so yeah. it is a team it's effort a team. Really. it's not yeah. just engineering it's, every it's single everything person. yeah, yeah. So when you're watching Drive Survive and they and they, they come out and say it's yeah, a team yeah. effort yeah. or I couldn't Especially have won the race without the rest manager, of the team. As a manager, whenever I see the managers now giving out at the side, I'm like, I know exactly how you feel. Yeah. <laughs> Margarita is the total <laughs> throwing the headphones down the yes. ground. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. So, um, right. So you're the Laurel Hill Racing Team. Um, where can you be got on social media? Okay, so we mostly use Instagram, which is at Laurel Hill Racing. Yeah. But we also use Twitter, which is the same handle, and TikTok and uh, yeah. Facebook as well. All right, okay. And you do have a website coming pretty soon. Okay, <laughs> so uh, I think uh, I think the finger's pointing at me here as part of the team here now to get the website uh, running for you. So that will be lhracing.ie. And yes, thank I think, you so much. So excited. Yeah. Thank you. And I think, uh, I think that should be live for uh, everybody to go on to next week as well. Now, you also have a lot of sponsors as well that you want to give a mention to as well, because without the sponsors, you wouldn't be able to uh, produce all this. Yeah. yeah. So, um, do do you do you have a list of them there, or do you want me to uh, go through them? I'll or? go through them. Yeah. So, uh, we have women in motorsports who also provided our hats as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have um, uh, Bay Enterprises. We have Aleve. Uh, we have um, Monster Car Parts, and we have. Northern Trust. Northern Trust and Affinity Credit Union. All right. Okay. And. and oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> on the shoot. Yeah, sorry. What a yeah. big huge shout out to Monster Car Parts yeah. for being our sponsor. Okay, great. And I think ABEC257 as well is on that oh, list yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. It just keeps going. It keeps going. Yeah. Yeah, so how are you going to fit all these logos on the car? I'm going to have to make it a bigger surface area. <laughs> <laughs> I'm what? thinking now like, oh, maybe on the wheels. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so what actually is the size of the car? Like what's the dimensions of it? What's the... So currently our car is circling between 190 millimeters by 80, which okay. is quite yeah. small when you think about it. I mean, you know, when you Com- picture yeah, an actual Com- Formula One car, mm-hmm. when we first t- told people in school about this competition, they're like, you're building a car? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they thought we were going to rev up into school. Yeah, and I wish. We're <laughs> up with our car. Yeah, no, it's funny explaining that it's actually uh, able to fit in two hands. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's um, still quite big. Like that, that's uh, like a, as a size of a model car. Like yeah. it's, a, still, yeah. it, it, it's, so it's, it's a big enough car to build. Yeah, it's so. funny. It is like a toy car that you would get in Smith's. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, you're putting all the parts together. So... Yeah, but I think the actual measurements in the competition, you can go all the way up to 220, make it a really long body, all right, okay. which I didn't think would work best for our car because we're kind of going for, you know, small and fast, whereas some of the bigger cars, while they might get over mm. the line quicker, you know, that's only yeah. if the weight of their whole car can carry it there. So. Oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so it's big enough anyway, yeah, big enough car. And how uh, how did you get in, like, get who brought this to your attention or how did this come about inside in the school? It was actually our teacher, Mr. Oziak. Yeah. Uh, we all want to say hi to Mr. Oziak and a uh, big thank you for all Go on, all, all together now. Come on, give him a shout out. <laughs> hi, hi, Mr. Oziak. <laughs> Brilliant. So he was the one that brought your attention and um, yeah, and he's really pushing us and inspiring us and to keep going yeah. and to keep building on the team and the competition. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. a yeah. constant totally support for us. Like every meeting, he's always there. He's always checking up on us, seeing how we're developing the car seeing how each person is doing it's he's just really like the best person out there i feel like for our yeah, team yeah he's a good motivator yeah good to have that support yeah, yeah, yeah. and hopefully he can continue um our the legacy, legacy. <laughs> <laughs> um in the years to come yeah. for the next years and generations um ladies uh, what's what's for the future for the rest of you if you're going to car design now like what where, where are you going to go who's going to who's going to end up actually building a car in the future <laughs> well uh, each and every one of us have different roles and we actually 
have turned out that that will be our future careers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's quite I, crazy. Yeah. I want to I want to do business, which is kind of like the marketing side, which is like perfect for me. So yeah. I'm really happy about that. Um, it's like a really good trial yeah. one. I'm quite into art. Like when I first joined the team, I was fully focused on that and like getting all those opportunity to understand and experience like what it's like to be an artist, being part of a brand, like working for a brand as well. It just made me want to, you know, go into art college and just experience. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And yourself. Me myself, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm thinking Galway for mechanical engineering, but I don't really know which sector I want to go into because yeah. like Formula One is so interesting but when you think about it there's so much more you can do so I'm thinking yeah. general engineering for now alright okay Margaret. Um, and me myself I guess um, manager I don't know <laughs> it doesn't have any I want to go into education which has nothing to do with it um, but I really enjoyed I am in charge of finance of the team so that will yeah. be big in my future alright great stuff okay ladies uh, Laurel Hill Racing Team thank you for coming in and I'll be I'll be expecting updates uh, that you, you, <laughs> you let them. me know how you get on and um, if I, actually if if, um, if if you get through like uh, in May and the final does, does this go international then after oh, that? Yeah, what, they that go into the world finals and you yeah. are representing Ireland. You are the oh, team representing. Yeah. Wow! So brilliant. we hope to be the first, first all female, female team yeah. going to worlds. I'm really excited. <laughs> brilliant and coming out of Limerick, that's absolutely even better. Oh, really looking forward to that now. So, um, yeah, thanks for coming in and thanks for giving me the time here. Yeah, thanks so much for having we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get an update in the future and we'll let us know where, where we go anyway. So, um, Sophie, Marguerite, uh, Alan and Genevieve, thank you very much to the Laurel Hill Racing Team and uh, we'll keep, keep in touch with you. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Many thanks to the Laurel Hill Racing team there for joining me. And if you want more information, follow them on lhracing.ie. And if you want more information about Formula One in schools, go to f1inschools.ie. And let's go on now with a bit of news about the recent Apple event. And I'm joined this time again by Dave, the Don O'Neill. Dave, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Absolutely fantastic. I love talking about Apple stuff because, you know, it's Apple, right? Yeah, it's your favorite topic. Uh, yeah. So um, we kind of, we, we did a bit of a preview on the last show, Dave. Well, I suppose our kind of guesses at what might happen and what come then. So there was a few uh, surprises, mm -hmm. but uh, why don't we just get straight into it? Um, I'm going to gloss over the, like the, the announce the whole thing about the NBA shows coming to Apple TV plus um, the, the baseball on Friday nights. Um, mm. So that, but that won't be, I think that's US and Canada only. Probably. So um, I don't, there's no point in delving into any of that. And I'm not, definitely not giving any time to uh, colors of phones. Again. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the new iPhone, what was it? Uh, Alpine green or something. Uh, like that. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah. So enough on that one. So let's get straight into the meat of everything, Dave. Um, there's a good few bits and pieces that they covered anyway um, of hardware that came out. So it was pretty much predominantly hardware show um hmm. not really actually when i think about it nothing really in terms of any software there was no home kit anything to do with smart homes there was nothing announced about any bits of software or 
any features or any mm. services or anything like that. So um, it was really just all their new hardware devices. And the first one was the new iPhone SE. So that's the third generation of the iPhone SE. It is. Same yeah. chassis as well, yeah. Same chassis. Um, I think there's a slight price increase on it. There was about a, like a 20 euro price increase mm. on it. Um, and that's mainly down to like, as, as it goes, as a budget level phone, mm. this is actually quite a really good phone now. So the, the, the headline part of it really is the fact that this now has the A15 chip in it, which it is does, the, yeah. the same chip that's in the iPhone 13 and the 13 Pro. Um, amazing. And it really makes this a phone that's going to last a long, long time because being the latest chip, you're going to get five years of updates, minimum of software updates on this. You will, yeah. yeah. And for what, shy of uh, 500 bucks, it's not bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, like it's a really capable entry-level phone. Mm. And um, I think the, um, I suppose the, the major take on it really is that your this phone, it's, it's the entry-level and as entry-level phones go across any manufacturers, they're usually quite kind of... Um, feature lacking uh, but this one with um, the, the the new chip in it it means that say for instance a lot of people might buy this if they're they're new to the Apple ecosystem or if they're getting something cheap for maybe the teenager or for the elderly parent mm -hmm. something like that but you now if you're getting this you have a device that's going to last for years and okay, maybe kids might be prone to breaking them, but elderly parents might be more minding them. Um, but anybody who gets this, you're guaranteed that you're going to get longevity out of this. And it's a very, very fast and very, very capable chip. And it comes with 5G. It does, yeah. Yeah. So uh, having a, a phone, a, a really budget entry level phone with those features is like, it, it's actually a major step forward in this one because the iPhone SE was always kind of the, the poor cousin. And um, this this really like pit, steps it up a notch. Um, they must have had a lot of um, A15 chips knocking about that they needed to get rid of. I am sure in a chip yeah. shortage, you had so many of them hanging around. Yeah, yeah that's it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, as you said earlier, they, um, they kept the same design on it, which means mm. it's touch ID, not face ID. Um, there was an upgraded camera on it, but it's a it's a one camera system, so you don't get things like night mode and stuff like that. Um, it's just one camera on the back of it, uh, but they do a lot of like the software features there now for kind of portrait and editing mm. and stuff like that. It's is quite uh, quite good, uh, but overall, I think this is a really really capable phone, uh, yeah, fast and um, nice nice entry level. Entry level. Um, yeah, what's the screen size on it again? Is it four point seven? I think it is. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. 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 So, um, like, it, uh, when you compare size-wise, it's probably maybe around the size of the thirteen mini, or maybe a small bit bigger than that. Yeah, because of the bezels, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you see, with those ones, you're getting full screen, like mm. you're going edge to edge, uh, as they call it, edge to edge. Edge to edge with, with, a, about with, a, with a bezel. <laughs> with a bezel of about two to three millimeters. Yeah, yeah. I know, yeah. Mm. It, it's hilarious how they redefine edge to edge on these yeah. things. But uh, yeah, so it's, um, yeah, that's the iPhone SE. I don't think there's much more we can say about it yeah, really. I mean, um, it's just the usual cutbacks really. Like uh, Samsung do it as well for their A series. Like they cut back on certain things that they feel that um, probably won't be noticed too much. 
Mm, but yeah. um, they're able to deliver uh, an affordable phone for less than 500 bucks, really. That's that's what it comes down to. But you got to wonder, though, with the iPhone SE, keeping that um, iPhone 8 chassis, is that mm. saving money or is that just their style Is that of choice? I think it's just because they would have... You're talking about economies of scale here now mm. of having the, the the manufacturing lines created for this type of um, phone. Yeah. So if you keep producing them over the years and you have a factory that can churn out this design and you don't have to go mm. redesigning it or retooling, yeah. re- exactly the retooling part is 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 the big part for any manufacturing process mm. when you've got to change an entire factory lineup uh, to produce something different. These are there for a long, like these, that, that design is kind of pretty much the same design from the iPhone 6, really. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Barred um, a few small tweaks, but it's, it's largely similar to that. So you've got something that you re- you're really getting the economies of scale over years of producing the same thing on the same lines. Uh, so they're getting value out of that. So I think that's really just the, the reason that you don't see the, the face ID and stuff that they keep the touch ID in it. Yeah, uh, just yeah. cheaper parts. And I suppose really. that's how they can keep it cheap while giving them um, the A15, I guess, with the Correct, the same yeah. performance in gaming or anything else, you know? Yeah, yeah. That, that's the big thing. Like if you buy mm. this for kids or anything like that, like the, 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 that A15 chip is a, is a screamer of a chip. Like really. Oh yeah, absolutely. So they, they can use this. Oh, I wonder actually... The, the iPod Touch is that still around or is that gone or is, oh can you my. still actually get that? I might um, I might start uh, looking that up actually while we while we're chatting away about that. Yeah. But um, right, so the, look, let, let's go. Let's finish up on the iPhone SE anyway. It's it, it, thumbs up from me anyway. I know a lot of people that you don't have the millimeter wave five uh, G. You know that ultra fast five G. No. You don't. You just get standard five G. Um, so I do we even have that over here? Um, I. Don't think so. Mm. I actually don't think we have that over here because it's like any anybody I've heard on kind of like podcasts and stuff like that where they, where they talk about it. The it's most of them say, well, if you're standing in this particular spot mm-hmm. outside of this particular building, then you may get that right. Yeah, so it's yeah. I don't know. It's 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 one of those things that uh, do people even do people even find it like. The, the area to get it do they I don't know it's yeah. maybe maybe not uh, but anyway um, it's I actually I'm just looking here Dave I can't see on Apple's website the iPod Touch anywhere yeah, uh, so, I can't remember when the last one was either yeah I don't think so I, I think maybe that's a discontinued product um, wow. anyway I had I'd missed that 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 actually had gone but uh, maybe it is, maybe it oh, is. We've got a few discontinued products that we're going to be talking about at some point during the show. So yeah, yeah stay tuned. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Coming up later on. Uh, right, let's go on to the iPad Air. So the iPad Air 5 is yeah. out. Um, I did not see this coming. This now has the M1 chip in it. It does. The the, the bare bones M1 chip that was in yeah. the Mac minis from uh, when yeah. it first came out. Yeah. yeah, it's the Mac mini, the, the current iMac. Mm. Um, it's in the iPad Pros, mm-hmm. um, but they also have it now in the iPad Air. Yeah. And that like... Oh, it that like we all know the performance out of this chip. I did not see this coming that they were going to go. I I would I would have considered that they may have put that into the um like the like the A15 Bionic into the into the iPad Air as well, mm-hmm. but I didn't see them going the M1 and that makes that a really really fast device as well. Really you're you're like you're just one step below the Pro. 
on on that. Like it's a really good, really good upgrade on that. If you're thinking of getting an iPad Air now, yeah, uh, kind of a smaller version of the Pro. Absolutely, yeah. It's it is their second um, class of iPad below the Pro, though, isn't it? I mean, compared yes. to the, the yeah. yeah. So so actually, uh, during the week, somebody did ask me actually, what's why would I go for an iPad Air or an iPad Pro now? Like, what is the difference? And on the surface, like when you look at it, people think that they're very very similar in specs, and it's kind of like mm. they blur the lines between these two products but when you actually delve into it so first of all with the ipad pro one of the main things that you get with the ipad pro is the pro motion display mm. you also get extra cameras speakers um, uh, yes extra speakers uh, you have the lidar support on it for like ar uh, you also have much higher it can i think you can get up to up to two terabyte storage oh. on the ipad pro um, and i think it's is it 256 or 512 on the iPad Air or something like that? Mm-hmm. Is the maximum. I think it's 256. Uh, so more storage. And the Pro has a Thunderbolt port on it, not USB-C. So ah. besides faster charging, if you have Thunderbolt accessories, you can connect to it. Um, so if you are a Pro user, like a, if, you're, if you don't have Thunderbolt accessories, then it, it makes no difference to you. Yeah. But the Pro users might have something that they need the Pro for. So there is actually a fair amount of features mm-hmm. In the pro that and and that, that's who they're aiming it for. They're aiming it for. That's why they call it the pro. It's yeah. aimed at the pro. But so, the thing about the pro is that um, it still runs iPad OS, which is basically just iOS. Yes. Yeah. But like you know, there's an argument for, I suppose, porting Mac OS to it. You know, and now this is something that has been debated. Yeah. Many a time by across if you if do you even just go on and just go into Google and just type in iPad Mac OS iPad OS that kind of thing just look at it there's so much goes on there's people have discussed this on different podcasts and shows all over the place and really I don't see it ever happening I think I think Apple really have a distinguish between you've got your 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 touchscreen devices which are going to be the iPhone, the iOS and the iPhone OS and the iPad OS, mm. and you've got your Mac, which is Mac OS, and that's and they're going to keep them separately. I know it's capable; it definitely could oh, do course. it. It definitely could do it, but I think they're. I don't think they're ever going to allow or set up a situation where you can have. Um, it, the, what I'd love to see, and this would be great, would be some sort of dual boot type thing, whereby you could. Use your iPad on the go using iPad OS, right? So, like a lot of people use them for content um, consumption, mm. right? And you've got some people that'll use it for different, like if they're like architects, would you use stuff on the go of designing? Or um, a lot of creative people use it for creative stuff in in the different uh, kind of photo editing software um, or drawing. Uh, you've got a lot of people who use it for actual. Uh, doing stuff like this of recording um, and and creating podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be nice if you could kind of dock it. So if you come back and you dock it to a monitor and keyboard, that you would then get a kind of an iPad, or no, sorry, a, a Mac OS interface. And I think it would be possible to do it that you've got something that, as I say, dual boot type thing. But yeah. but if, if you know what I'm saying, it's kind of dual boot, but not rebooting. It's kind of just changing the interface. 
Because like iPadOS, iPhone OS, they're all based off the same kind of Linux kernel or Unix kernel, should we say? Yeah, um, yeah that's true. So you technically could have because it's really just launching a Finder. Well, that's it. And mm. since um, Mac OS is now compatible with ARM, yeah. Yes, exactly. exactly yeah, yeah. And like the, the one thing that they've done that that has further blurred the lines, even though I've just said it wouldn't happen, like it, it, it'll never kind of go between them, is you can run on the new. M series Max with their own silicon, you can run iPad and iPhone apps on them. Okay. So you could like if you if you've something that's specifically designed for an iPad, you can launch it on your Mac. Yeah, I know, so, I remember that. Yeah, yeah so yeah. so you do get the ability to use those apps mm. on your Mac, and it's just like launching up any other app, and it gives you a windowed interface. Yeah. Um, but a lot of them, you see, if you remember, a lot of them are designed for touchscreen. That's true. Mm. And that's another argument. Mm. When are they going to make macOS touchscreen and start releasing laptops and their own all at once and with a touchscreen? I and again, my gut tells me not in the near future. No, probably not. It's but sim- uh, simply, yeah. simply because your your desktop experience, and we we've seen this with Windows, right? When mm. if you try to use Windows on a touchscreen, it can be frustrating because the elements on the screen are not conducive to touching them. So the 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 iconography, the 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 different elements that come up for like your minimizing, opening, closing, all even just small things, opening files and everything, it's a completely different interface. And if you try to use something that you're used to doing with a mouse um and and try to do it with touch, it can be quite frustrating. So I think that's kinda why you're always going to have a, a desktop OS and a, mm. and, a, and a touch OS. Well, Microsoft would disagree. It's, a, oh, yeah. it's oh, an yes. every man's yeah. OS, yeah. yeah. But if you remember now, like with Windows 11, mm. one of the things they did do was make like a lot of elements on screen a lot more um, suitable for touchscreen. Yeah, and they still have yeah. work to do on that. Yeah, yes, for sure. they do have a lot of work mm. to do on it. Yeah, but they've tried to make Windows a lot more touchscreenable. If that's a word. Yeah, yeah, but even like uh, from like you know, you get your your Surface laptops or even your high end Dell laptops, or whatever. They have um, a mm. touch screen on them. So I don't know. Uh, look, there is an argument. Apple and yeah. Microsoft are taking two yeah. different directions, and that's mm. that's it. And you can go with either yeah. one. We have no. the choice. Yeah, that's not to say you can't go out and buy your own touch screen um, display and <laughs> connect it to your Mac. I've seen people do it for yeah. point of sale systems and things like that. So, oh wow! So you can you can just go and. Get your Mac Mini and connect a touchscreen to it, and see how it goes. <laughs> Fair but, enough. But again, you see what I mentioned there: point of sale systems and shops. They're designed, and their interface is designed with the big buttons for clicking. So they if are, you're typing very much in, so. yeah. So yeah, again, you're you're not talking about your small little calculator type thing. They give you they give you a a, a simulated um, mobile yeah. experience on your desktop. To have something that you can quite easily touch the big checkout button or the subtotal t- or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, those apps are designed specifically for touchscreen. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah. I I might be completely wrong on this. I might be yeah. absolutely way off mark, but I can't see it happening. I don't see it as a, well. They've a come direction. one step closer to making it happen just by going to ARM in the first place. So technically, yeah. they could do it, as you said. So mm. I guess we'll yeah. have to see in the coming years. It's not going to happen in the next few years for sure. No, no, definitely no. Um, right. What's next on the list? Uh, was that all they had, Dave? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> There's yeah, nothing uh, major. Yeah. Show's over, folks. Yeah. Uh, see you next uh, month. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, 
this was the the big. Um, I don't know how these things didn't leak. Um, everybody thought that, like, and I thought there was going to be like a, a newer iMac with a larger display, maybe a kind of a mm. thirty inch display or twenty nine inch display on it. Yeah. Um, but uh, what we got was a grown up Mac Mini. <laughs> um, a, so the Mac Studio, um, a, basically just a taller Mac Mini. Yes. Uh, just uh, they just kind of elongated it upwards, and I think a lot of that has to do with cooling and stuff inside it. Um, but from every review I've heard of this, and I can't wait to get my hands on it. I've used stuff with the M1 processors inside it. I haven't used anything with the M1 Pro or the M1 Max in it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't wait to get my hands on one of them. But this device, this Mac, um, it. People have been crying out for a kind of a mid-range Mac for a while. That's not an all-in-one like an iMac and it's not a laptop, right? They've been crying out for this because this lands firmly in the middle between your Mac Mini and your Mac Pro. It right? does, yeah. And this one now, um, I suppose we, we might as well delve into the, the big hot part of it straight away, the M1 Ultra chip that they announced as yeah. well. So we discussed the two of those together, Dave. Well, um, yeah, they welded the two um, M1 Maxes together and they, yeah. they made a behemoth. Yes, and and I think actually on, on the previous show when we were talking about chips and what they might do for the Mac Pro, we did start talking about multiple chips inside in in one and and we mentioned how would you get the sufficient data transfer speeds across the bus mm-hmm. on the motherboard to be able to support what they're doing and everything. Yeah, if it was, well, a, if it was just your regular two uh, dual CPU setup, yeah. 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 Which which is what we've seen in computers everywhere up to now. Exactly. But what they've done here is what, what do they call it? Was it called Ultra Fusion or something like oh, that? Geez, that they I don't know, it? But, it, but it is yeah. a very fast interconnect between the two processors. That's yeah. always been there. They built it in mind from the get go on the M1 Max, and yeah. uh, obviously they had plans yes. to uh, to do this. Yeah. Well, yeah. You, usually you see with these things. Most of the time, people are looking at what comes out and say, oh, look, they did this. Mm. Their, their planners are usually planning three to five years ahead for a lot of these products anyway. Yeah. So when they would have built any of these chips, they would have known two years ago what they were building, three years ago even. So um, this M1 Ultra, it is really just two chips welded together. Yeah. Really, that's, yeah. that's basically it. Um, massive, massive performance out of it. Um, it is stunningly fast. Stunningly now, fast. I would still argue, though, that uh, yeah. even though there's a very fast interconnect there, it's still going to have some bit of latency, but it's not even going to be perceivable, mm, I don't no, think. No, it's not. Yeah. No, not with the speed of these chips anyway. No. Um, so look, let, let's, um, before we go into kind of the, the chip side of things, let's just give the, the, the studio um, a kind of a rundown of what you're getting. Um, so as I said, it's, it's roughly the size of two Mac Minis, Topped and chopped, uh, put on top of each other. Yeah. All right. Um, so it's still a fairly small um, unit. Mm. Um, you've got, um, I think I stand, uh, is it standard four Thunderbolt ports or USB C ports? Uh, okay. Um, so the, 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 the way it works is um, you can get the M1 Ultra version or the M1 Max version. Now, yeah. the M1 Ultra version has Thunderbolt ports all on the back and on the front. That's right. But the, the difference M1. between the M1 Max is um, the fact that the front ports are USB. All right, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah all right, okay. They're not Thunderbolt. Yeah. Um, so it has the usual HDMI, um, 10 gig Ethernet. Yeah, um, that was a, that's a, yeah. a good thing, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and they kept 
two USB A ports on it as well. They did at the which, back, yeah. Which is like it's it's almost a kind of a bit un Apple like to keep legacy stuff, but I mm. think it's just the fact that people have so many USB A devices. Yeah, yeah. It hasn't been yeah. phased out. Yeah. Um, yet, so, so that they, they kept the, the USB A on it. And an SD card um, slot on the front of it as well. They did, yeah. So they're really aiming this at content creators. They are. Right? Because those people are the ones who are going to need the Thunderbolt for fast uh, transfer of files. Um, they're going to need the SD card for taking out of cameras and stuff like that so they can transfer files over and back. Um, and it's starting price, um, I suppose dollars was um, $2,000. So that'll be interesting to what it transfers to over here. It'll probably be about 2400 uh, yeah, or something yeah. over here. With the tax, uh, with, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, add that onto it and everything. Yeah. Um, but the that's for the M1 Max. Mm. Um, but then when you go for the M1 Ultra, you're up to um, over 4000 uh, Yeah, that. So, I'd argue that uh, unless you're doing anything really special, the M1 Max will be... Plenty. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So, yeah. so when you look at the lineup, right? Um, you've got your your Mac Mini, and mm. you've got your iMac, and now you've got your Mac Studio. Yeah. Uh, so the like, if if you were going out to buy one in the morning, what what are, how would we advise a person, right? So I would think if if you're someone at home and you're using it for typical or even an office typical use. An iMac is good value because you're getting your 24-inch screen and mm-hmm. your um, and your um, M1 chip inside in it. You are, yeah. um, and it comes in fabulous colors. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you're someone who needs, say, say you have a good screen yourself, say if you have a fabulous screen and you like your 36-inch screen on your desk or mm. whatever you have, um, your Mac Mini, I would consider far definitely most people, your Mac mini is going to be sufficient. I agree. I was going yeah. to say that. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, so those two, the, the iMac and the Mac mini power wise are kind of very similar. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of people out there for, for the general day to day stuff, if you're someone who's browsing the internet, uh, YouTube, email, uh, making documents, that kind of thing, your iMac is, uh, or the Mac mini all the way. All right. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, if you're someone then who works in videography or photography, then you're probably going to be looking at your Mac Studio, right? And yeah. the M1 Max in that, again, unless you're someone who is churning out loads of 4K videos. Uh, 8K. Uh, yeah, even 8K videos, yeah. yeah. Unless you're really into that stuff and the time that it's taken to render those is 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 holding you up. Or if you're into 3D modeling or anything that would really yes. need that extra grunt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So unless you're doing those, um, I would say the M1 Max is pretty, pretty solid device mm. to get. And just to be clear, even with the M1 Max, you can have a lot of simultaneous 8K uh, videos playing at once. So if you're yeah. in Final Cut or Premiere Pro or anything like that, you could have your, your 8K footage all on the timeline and it would probably be fine. Yeah, it would probably, yeah. yeah, I would say, yeah, again, you're, you're hitting the bulk of those people with that. Mm. But if you just need that extra horsepower, then exactly. the M1 Ultra is the way to go. Yeah. Um, which begs the question of, what are we going to see with the Mac Pro? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of, uh, well, from what we've seen, yeah. it's left it in the dust, yeah. the previous versions. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I have two things to point out okay. with, from this event with the, with the Mac Pro, right? First of all, this was one of the first times that, uh, that I've seen Apple kind of 
I, I won't say that they Point were forward. Well, no, I was going to say that they were slagging off one of their own products and such. Oh, really, yeah, yeah, in terms yeah. of the comparisons that mm. they showed of this Max Studio um, with the M1 Ultra in it, of how fast it is compared to the current Mac Pro. Mm. which is supposed to be their top of the range machine. And they were showing it blasting past it in terms of performance. Yeah. Right. So it was almost as though they were kind of giving a slight little dig to the Intel performance and kind of saying, well, even our top of the range Intel stuff, this thing absolutely leaves it for dust. And this is entry level or mid level kind of thing. So um, it, it, it just, the, mm. that was the, it, it was just a bit odd. I, mean, I haven't seen them before openly like they'll do their comparisons to third party products but they often they'll if they're comparing to their own products it's usually so the one that we had the previous generation from two years ago right. or three years ago this is much faster and that's why you need to buy the new one but comparing it to a current model that they have on sale which yeah. is supposed to be yeah. their top model mm -hmm. i haven't seen them do that before um, no. and then they did leave the teaser of they said that this M1 Ultra processor is the last of the M1 chips that they're going to be bringing out. Yeah. Um, so you've got your M1, your M1 uh, Pro, M1 Max, and M1 Ultra. So they did say this is the last of the M1s. Now, that doesn't mean that the M1s mightn't make an appearance in the M1 Ultra, mightn't make appearance in the, um, in the Mac Pro. No, it doesn't. Yeah, so it might happen. But chances are you're going to go for some sort of M2 Ultra in the Mac Pro. Um, and God knows what that's going to be. It could be four of them sewn yeah. together. Um, so, like, we know it's going to be going to Apple Silicon. Yeah. That much we know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they said it. They said, that was the teaser, anyway. another teaser yeah. at the end that they said for another day. That's a story for another day because it's the last one. But the question is how are they going to do it? Are they going to make um, a proper desktop out of it where they have basically the memory and the CPU separated as in not on a system on a chip and you have your dedicated graphics, et cetera, et cetera? Is that going to still be the case? Or are they just going to make an even taller version of the studio? I can't in that form wait factor? to see. I know. I we just don't know what they're going to do. I can't wait to see what they're going to do with this because yeah. th there, there's so many questions on that. Like, uh, have you got upgradable graphics? Have mm. you got upgradable RAM? Uh, okay, the upgradable storage will be fine because they'll probably do something. Remember, remember before when they brought out this fusion drive, which was like an SSD yeah. and a hard drive? It had an, an SSD an cache thing. on it, right? Yeah, and it was kind of like the, the common stuff that you're using got automatically shifted to the SSD part of it mm -hmm. and your normal hard drive and it cylinder or disk storage was left, the long-term storage, it was a was left to the the spinning parts, the the physical moving parts. Yeah. Um, so they could do something similar to that, where you have your um, your storage that's on the chip. They are for general stuff like the operating system, mm. and then your normal storage in your expandable storage inside in the device. Well, you see, this is what they do in in many PC laptops. Um, mm. Like if you get your gaming laptop, right, you, you use um, the onboard graphics for general desktop stuff and then yeah. it will switch to the to like the NVIDIA or the AMD GPU when you're yeah. doing something, you know, yeah. high powered. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It could so be. um it's um yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what they do with that. I yeah. really can't wait. And I think we're gonna know by June when we've come WWDC. I you think, think so? we're gonna yeah, I think we're gonna that's gonna be the kind of the the deadline that they're gonna have. Um, well, they for, could have and, another event in around that time, but yeah, they yeah. did say it was the last in line to receive the Apple yes. Silicon upgrade. So that also means 
Yeah, I don't exactly. We're going to be saying goodbye to a few things. Let's take a minute to say uh, goodbye to the moment of silence, if you will, please. The the twenty-seven inch iMac is no more, and I think it actually has been officially discontinued at this stage now. Yeah, yeah, I think it's gone. And and, you know, the Mac Studio. I think you pointed out to me during the week, the Mac Studio is is a direct replacement for that because they were comparing it a lot to the old twenty-seven inch iMac for one thing. Yeah, and second of all, the Apple um, monitor. What's it called again? The The Studio Display. Studio monitor, right? Right. So that was the next twenty-seven inch. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's the next thing we have to come on to now. So, um, well, do you know what? Look, let's before we do that, mm. I just want to give the the specs on the the chips that they have in this Mac Studio, right? So the M1 Max has a 10 core CPU oh. and can, can be configured with up to a 32 core GPU and 64 gigs of RAM. Okay. All right. And then the M1 Ultra has a 20 core CPU, so that's twice because it's two chips welded together, <laughs> and uh, can go up to a 64 core. Uh, GPU. Did I say yeah. that the right way around? 20 core CPU, yeah, 64 core GPU. Yeah. And can go up to 128 gigs of RAM. All right. That's crazy. So, yeah. Um, so, it, this is, it, it's pretty much like effectively your M1 Ultra is really, really, really two M1 Maxes welded together. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And and actually, I just remembered it. It's called Ultra Fusion is the, uh, ah. is the, the connector between Alrighty. the two. righty. Yeah. So that's pretty much it um, for the um, the um, or the studio Mac Studio. I was kind of missing yeah. what I was talking about there because we have to go on to and they, they kept the naming the Studio Display. Yes, right. Which is not just for the Mac Studio. This can be connected to a lot of things, um, and it is actually. Um, the, the reviews on this thing actually online, if you go re- reading on the reviews on this thing, it's kind of funny because it is being like kind of, I don't know, it's, it's, um, it's getting really, really mixed reviews from people who absolutely slate it to people who absolutely love okay. it. All uh, right. What are the, the negatives? Uh, some people are saying, oh my God, at this price, it's crap. All right. All this stuff okay. like it's terrible and it, blah, blah, blah. This doesn't do that. And other people then who actually use it are actually going and saying, <laughs> actually, because in in the price range, okay, if it's, yeah. it's, okay, $1,600, so it's probably going to be about 1800 over here or whatever, maybe 1900 yeah. I think actually probably closer to the two grand when you add everything onto it. Um, it there isn't much out there in 27 inch for what it does, this HDR monitor and... Basically, it has an A, I think it's the A13 chip. It does, into it's it. the A13. Yeah. Um, it has a fabulous speaker system. It has that um, camera, the, what do they call that studio? No, what's it called? Center stage. Center stage, that's yeah. the camera, which keeps you and anybody who joins in. It kind of, it's a big wide angle camera mm. that, um, I think that debuted in the Mac Pro or something. And uh it it just basically keeps like mm. if if other if you move around in front of it, it'll follow you. All the framing, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and if people come in, it kind of zooms back away to to include them out of it. I can do that it, without yeah. an A thirteen Bionic, by the way. <laughs> but you have to do it probably <laughs> manually, do you? No, I, I've got software that does it. On the oh, front. really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, but oh, we'll um, have to we'll have to have a look at that, Dave. We'll have to do that at another event. I haven't really tested it that much. I haven't like tested its reaction times or anything like that, but it does auto frame. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll be interested to see that actually. Now, I'd be interested to have a look at that kind of what that does. Uh, for all you elite gamers out there, it's called Nvidia Broadcast, so it's actually by Nvidia. So, if you have a compatible Nvidia graphics card, 
Really? Yeah. Okay, I definitely. You know what? We're we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to what you gotta do do a bit of a um, a live <laughs> test on that at some stage soon, and and see exactly what it does. Oh, anyway, no, um, no, definitely. I want to see this now. You you started on this day now, true, so yeah, <laughs> you could Nvidia, kept... Nvidia, don't let me down. <laughs> <laughs> you could have said nothing, but uh, <laughs> no. Um, okay, so. The last time Apple announced a display was the Pro, Pro Display XDR, which was this like right, five, like five grand, grand five, yeah. six, well, six grand over here kind of thing uh, monitor with an extra grand for the special stand, <laughs> remember? Um, yeah. So they've, they haven't really been in the consumer display area in a no. long, long time. It's no, and, and I would say they're still not. It's prosumer for sure. It's not um, yes. full on yeah. professional, but it's prosumer. Yeah. Like, because you can get PC monitors for about the same price offering similar kind of color grading yeah. features and stuff like that. But yeah. Yeah. So, um, so this this is it's a 5K Retina display, which mm. is pretty much exactly the same display that was in the iMac Pro. Oh yeah, right? yeah. So when you're looking at this monitor, it really does look like the iMac, right? Mm. But the if so that it's that's a kind thick of boy too. It's really yeah, thick. Yeah, so it's it's kind of where the um, this is why I think the, the they're saying goodbye completely to the iMac Pro or the 27 inch iMac. Yeah, right. It, it's gone because if you want something like that now, you're going to go for either your Mac Mini with your Studio Display or your uh, Mac Studio with the Studio Display. Mm. Um, actually, now just when I'm saying it here, it's kind of like, why do they call it the same name, <laughs> Studio? Why have we got two different uh. products with the same word Studio in them? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe I'm nitpicking. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, it remains to be seen yeah. if we do start getting confused or not. But yeah. yeah, yeah. So depending on what kind of environment you're using it in, you can also get this nano texture glass option, oh, yeah, uh, which that's is right, a kind yeah. of thing, this anti glare type thing. Mm. Um, so tw- as we said, the 12 meg- 12 megapixel ultra wide camera. Um, uh, there's a three mic array in it and six speaker. Uh, with spatial audio, okay, and there's three USB-C ports on the back of it, and uh, one Thunderbolt okay. uh, three port, right? All right, so which you can use to charge your Mac. So if you mm, had, a, if true. you had, if yeah. you had, a, well, if you had a what you call it, a a, um, a MacBook, mm. you can use that yeah. to charge it. So you said Thunderbolt three as opposed to four. Yes, Thunderbolt okay. three. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, right. So and then there is uh, an option of getting your uh, height adjustable tilt stand. Yes, yeah. uh, 50% off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's only 400 now, um, which is just basically your tilt and kind mm. of up height adjustable. Again, only problem some, is mm. you can't go off and get the monitor as like you can't get the standard stand with the monitor and then later upgrade. It doesn't work. Apparently it's it's fixed mounted. You can't um I don't think you can take it off. Yeah, I heard that and I haven't I haven't seen it yet or mm. found out anything. So I'm waiting to see some of the yeah. some of the reviews on so that you, anyway. So when you go to the page to buy it, you'll get a choice between your VESA, your 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 standard yeah. stand or your um your extra um uh, tilt yeah. stand. Yeah. Um and I think you just have to stick with whatever you get from day one. So be oh, very think, careful uh, yeah. with your choice there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. So um, I think for most people, the standard stand because it is tiltable. Yeah, um, yeah. You can put you, a few bucks underneath it if you exactly, need to. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. That's basically yeah. it. Then, then there are plenty of third-party options out there for actual stands, as in kind of like these mm. 
the, 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 the ones that will house your Mac underneath it um, and kind of give you maybe little extra cubby holes for um, putting your phone onto mm. it or your Apple Pencil or whatever, connecting other little bits and pieces around it. Uh, so there are plenty of third-party stands if you did want something that's height adjustable. Absolutely, um, yeah. Yeah, so, and they're probably a lot cheaper than that anyway, with a lot more options. Mm. But um, it's, you know what, for the price, for what you're getting, yeah, um, for the quality of it and the features in terms of the, like it's not just a 27-inch monitor. It's, you've got your camera, uh, you've got your speakers, you've got your mics, you've got your ports on it. Yeah. It's actually, there isn't much people, the people who are complaining about it, um, most comments I've seen in forums are people saying, like saying, oh, there's plenty of other monitors out there that are much cheaper. And But are, people, have, people have been saying, yes, but show me a monitor that has this quality and these features for the same price. Mm. And there isn't, right? Because it, it like I, I know myself, some of the monitors that I've tried that say that they're HDR and like you know, true black, they just it just gets darker. That's all that happens is this monitor gets yeah. a bit darker than it was. Well, I, yeah, I, I mean, don't see this. Uh, well, OLED difference. technology is coming to monitors nowadays, TVs and yeah. monitors, and that's the only real true yeah. black you're going to get. Yeah. Um, but even but, TVs, yeah. like I've I've t- seen TVs and I've used TVs that have like say that this HDR. And my God, anytime I've turned it on, I've turned it off again 10 minutes later because yeah. it's not HDR. It's, it's basically true. just trying to make it blacker, it, but well, just make it darker, really. That's it. it see, the, the whole thing about HDR has to have a certain amount of nits to be effective. Yeah, and correct. if, you're, if yeah. your monitor is only 500 nits or whatever have you, you're not going to yeah. get true HDR. Yeah. You need it over a thousand. And anybody, we're not talking about um, scratchy heads here. Yeah. <laughs> we're actually talking about the nits or the, the brightness of yes. the monitor. And the this one, yeah. yeah, so this one actually, um, the studio display has 600 nits brightness. Okay. Now, to compare that to the Pro Display, mm. Pro Display XDR, which is the, the six grand one, that has 1600 nits. Yes. Right. And that would be yeah. really good HDR. Yeah. Yeah. So you're you're talking like just in terms of even just the pixel density, like it's a 6K display, the, the top yeah. one, and I, it's a 5K display. Like I went shopping for a monitor last year and I bought one in the end that had some HDR support and I don't use it because it's yeah. Crap. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, but exactly. it's a 400 nit monitor, but it was about 500 bucks. Yeah. Like, and, and I quickly learned that if you want something true HDR, you're going to be spending a lot of money, like well over a grand. Yeah. 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 Okay. So that's pretty much the event, Dave. That's everything that happened at the recent Apple event. I yeah. Think, I think we've covered all the main points of it. Um, uh, we forgot to mention, though, the, the um, iMac Pro. I think that only ever had one cycle, or was it one or two? two. Did two, it have two? It had one update, as far as I know. Oh, did yeah, it? Okay. So, yeah, it so that's one another update. one that's gone. Yeah. Another yeah. direct replacement with the studio. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I think it's a good idea. I think it's good yes. because otherwise it would get too fragmented. Yeah. So people can decide if they get the mm. Max. Like you could get the Max Studio with the Pro Display if you really needed the Pro yeah. Display. Yeah, and there's your so, iMac Pro. Exactly. So be, people have their like the, all the options of mm. what they want to get anyway. Um, all right, before we go, Dave, I have one small update. Remember a couple of months ago, I was talking about the AirTags and I was yeah. giving out about the fact that um, if I left one behind on my keys or something, I could be five, 10 minutes down the road before it actually let me know. Yeah. I think there must have been some firmware or something that came around recently, uh, some update, because I've noticed it letting me know much, much faster. So now, usually once I'm gone, not even like 50 meters away from the house, Mm. Bing tells me on my phone, you've left your keys behind. Yeah. Right. So it's happening a lot, lot quicker. And I've noticed that 
multiple occasions now the the notification is letting me know mm. so much sooner um so like ev- even today i was visiting visiting somebody and i got out of the car and i'd left my keys of my own house in the car mm. and i get out and went into their house and by the time i had walked from the car in and sat down it had let me know like i'd left my keys behind okay. so like like say if you got out of a taxi or something like that and that yeah. had happened you're getting out and you're being told really fast. So it's, you've enough time to kind of call the taxi and say, Hey, stop. You're like, he wouldn't have gotten very far away kind of thing that you could actually get out and get back to him to get your keys and, back. And how does the, the notification present itself? Is it a vibration or? Yeah, a vibration and a standard alert. Same as mm. any notification that would come up on the front of your phone. And, and even my watch like will tell me, it'll just yeah. bing and like, let me mm. know. So you get it up on screen like any right. other notification. Cool. Um, but it's just happening much, much faster now, which I really welcome. That's good. So that's good news. I just thought I'd follow up on that. So I think, Dave, that's pretty much it for the show. Nice one. Uh, so uh, we'll be back again next month uh, for a bit more of what's happening in the world of tech. So thanks, Dave. Talk to you again soon. See you soon. Bye. Tech Post is brought to you by Limerick City Community Radio 99.9 FM and the Limerick Post newspaper. Team music is kindly supplied by Dylan Flynn and the Dead Poets and you get more music from him on Apple Music or Spotify. I'm Shawnee Ryan and we'll talk to you again next month. Thanks for listening.